Welcome to Level Up, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and the faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We will explore the many adversity that each one of us experience and share our story to inspire and inform. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Welcome, Level Up listeners. This is Dr. Leland. Today, I have a special guest, Mary Deckel. Welcome to Level Up. How are you doing today? I am doing well. How about you? Great. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I have been a uh, college instructor slash professor now for going into my 13th year. And I found out quickly when I first started that it was what I feel like I was meant to do. I thoroughly enjoy it. I have um, just, I've done many things in my life, but when I started teaching, I realized, ah, this is it. So I really enjoy teaching. I have, uh, I'm also a certified life coach. I help people uh, find out what they, you know, to, to discover, then plan, and then to achieve their successes in life. Uh, based on what they want to achieve. And I try to take that into my teaching as well, is that to meet people where they are, I feel like success has a different definition for each person. And I like to try to find out what that is and then help them get there. I um, I do have a uh, degrees in communication and psychology, so I feel like they work hand in hand in helping me reach my goals. That's true. I was actually thinking of getting another master's in psychology because I think during the pandemic, I feel like I was a practitioner listening to our students, you know, just life itself, like the international students being away from home and their parents are sick or the students who lost a loved one. And I don't know what to say. You know, I have to like pause myself. I'm like, okay, what do I say in this time of needs? But just being caring I think that's the key word for me Mm -hmm. is caring and empathizing how they're going through because I also lost friends and and family during COVID so I'm like I wish you know if I had a psychology degree maybe I had some foundation of how to (laughs) to handle this conversation I needed you that time (laughs) Um, you know that's cool well thank you for sharing that and tell me how you became a teacher and like what accomplishments or challenges have you had in your journey well I had just completed a master's degree in communication, and I wanted to pursue a career in that field. I had been in sales and advertising, and uh, mass communications was what my bachelor's degree was in, and so it, I moved more into corporate communication. So I wanted to uh, be hired in that type of industry, and I was interested, my uh, interests were piqued by an advertisement I saw for teaching public speaking at a, at a local community college. So I thought, you know, that might be, that might be kind of interesting. So I went for the job interview and I got the job and that's when I realized, yep, this is it. This is what I, I want to do. And I really just kind of built on that. Uh, they also taught psychology and I had a minor in psychology with several, uh, more than a minor. So it didn't take much for me to go back and get a 
a master's in psychology. So then I could teach both classes, and it kind of gave me a wider variety of being able to teach. And I really enjoyed both of them, and I never would have thought about it, but they really are very closely related because how you think really impacts how you talk or how you behave and who you behave with and communicate with them. So I was really rather like, oh, wow, there's, there's more of a connection here than I originally thought. And I guess the challenge would be I did all of this as an adult, as a what we call a non-traditional student, being married. I had two small children. I worked full time. I usually would go to school, uh, do my homework after everybody was in bed and, you know, stayed up until one o'clock in the morning and then go to bed and get up and go to work. So I kind of understand the challenges that non-traditional students have. And of course, I went, my first degree was right out of high school. So I feel like I kind of understand those challenges of trying to balance between life, real life, and our goal of a different life. And so I, those challenges are very real to me. I understand what those are and, and how it can really be difficult to do at times. Yeah, and I think it makes us a better, well-rounded professor or teacher because we have experienced it, and so we could relate to and empathize with our students who are going through the same thing. Like yourself, I after high school, I went to college, got my bachelor's, and then got married, got you know pregnant in the middle of my master's degree, <laughs> gave birth, and then went back to school to get my doctorate, and then now I'm still in school with even with two kids. You know, it's just it's a yeah. life learning, but. You're right. Those are definitely challenges that we've gone through. And that's something we could relate with our population, I think, or demographics of uh, students that are going through our university. What subjects have you taught? Like, what is it about being an educator that you really enjoy the most? Well, like I said, I started off teaching uh, public speaking, and then I taught general psychology, lifespan and development, logic. And then having the sales background uh, and a marketing uh, minor, I teach some marketing and business classes. Um, Being a life coach, I can teach what they call, uh, I use a lot of my skills for my life coaching, teaching what we call first-year experience courses. uh, These are for high school students just entering college and, you know, how to navigate college kind of thing. So I really enjoy that class as well. But what I enjoy the most, is really giving the students the opportunity to learn. I, I see education as kind of, um, as an instructor, professor, I set the table. I provide the buffet, and it's up to the student to come and take and eat and enjoy and fulfill themselves. But I like to present it to them in such a way that it's inviting, that they want to come, they want to learn, they see it's important in life. That it's not just information to memorize and then regurgitate on a test. That it's real. That you know, I can use this in my life. They can be doing something and say, "Oh, yeah, this is like what I learned in class the other day or last year or whatever." That oh, I see how this matters. And I think when you do that, that's when you really they really learn something. It's when they learn the importance of it to everyday life and. To me, when I when you see that light bulb come on in their eyes, or if you're on Zoom or whatever, or written that you they've written something that you truly understand, they get this, they understand this importance, 
I guess it's that aha moment that you realize, aha, they got it. Mm-hmm. And they see how important it is. And that that is what fulfills me and makes me feel like, yes, they got it. Right. And, and, and knowing that that's going to change their life. When they get their education, it's truly going to change not just their life, but their children's lives, their children's, I mean, it, it changes the whole trajectory of their life when they are able to accomplish that. And if I'm one small part of that, able to get them to do that, then that is, that's where I find my fulfillment and my enjoyment. And that's amazing. I think that that is such a great giving back to our community and kind of sharing our knowledge and wisdom. And you're right. I do like it when the students like, you changed my life or you've changed the way I thought about something. Those are like priceless. You know what I mean? Like you you can't buy it. You know, it's so exciting to hear that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Now, how has COVID, you know, recent COVID pandemic affected your teaching methodology has it changed are you more like empathetic to have no late penalties or like it's the same you know no I my methodology has totally changed in in a lot of ways my philosophy hasn't changed but how I do that has changed quite a bit a lot more zoom classes Uh, I understand these are unprecedented times and for me it's all about communication if people will talk to me Imagine that communication from a communication teacher. <laughs> now, uh, if, if students will tell me, say, hey, this is what's going on, I'm having a hard time, or, or just let me know what's going on. I don't, need, I don't need personal details or anything like that, but just reach out and just, you know, be in contact. Then I am more than happy to work with them, help them get what they need, help them do what they need to do. And if that means waiving a late penalty or if that means giving them extra time, whatever, if, if it's something that is a true and honest endeavor to, I will never stand in the way of someone learning or achieving their success. However, if someone's waiting till the, you know, the day after or the last minute and go, oh, by the way, I, I guess I lack some of their, since I feel like they lack sincerity in wanting to achieve that goal. And so I have a tendency to be not quite as lenient. I feel like you're really wanting to achieve something and your goal is to achieve it, then you're going to do what it takes to do that. And if it's reaching out and asking for help or asking people for things, then I'm, I'm right there. But at the same time, you have to be sure that you're not being taken advantage of at the same time. That's true. Communication so. is a big thing for, for us because I think sometimes the student though forget that most of us are adjuncts. We have other full-time jobs or maybe full-time teaching is what we do. And that means not just one class. That means three to five classes, right, that we teach. And right. so yeah. I think they forget. You're like, oh, I'm just going to tell her last minute. Like, you're not the only one in the class. This is not the only class with 20 students, you know. So I right. think they forget sometimes. And communication is a big deal, not just in the classroom, but also in the real world. We're actually teaching them responsibility and accountability like you need to be accountable for your own success i can't hold your hand forever right yes that's exactly what i think too yeah that's that's great what is your favorite thing that you've learned from from your student like is there a subject or concept that you found like new perspective or something interacting with the with the students i think i haven't learned so much from just one student but i think as a collective ideas, the philosophy from everyone is that everyone has their own story 
everyone's trying to live their life and do the best that they can with what they have to work with, both physically and mentally. And if they are, some may need extra attention, some may need encouragement just to overcome the stresses that they have in their life. That may seem easy for us on one hand because we've mastered that, but it's, you have to realize not everybody has had the same experiences or the same uh, uh, upbringing or the same encouragement, and, and they have a lot of maybe self-doubt or may feel overwhelmed, and to encourage them and to come along beside them and say, hey, I think you can do this, and it, it does take dedication and persistence and determination and all of those things, and I'm constantly learning to be sympathetic empathetic and understanding that everyone's story is different and everyone comes to college with a different set of tools in their tool set and not all of them have the right tool at the right time Mm. but I feel like that's what I'm there for them to help them to decide or and learn what tool to use and how to use it properly Mm -hmm. and then to me that is using the psychology and the communication so that we can learn how to help people and by sharing our experiences and sharing our tools and how to use them and giving examples and applying that to real life. And then that's when the aha moment happens. So yeah. that's, that's kind of what my, what I get from students every time. That's true. I, I think that we understand they come from different walks of life. I think that sometimes the students forget that we are also human and we're not robots. And we have, you know, life outside academia. And I think when they say, hey, I have a lot of homework, I think a lot of them don't understand that we don't structure their, their class. We have certain academic freedom, but we also have certain university rules or guidelines that we have to stick to so I think having that balance and knowing like hey yes I understand you come from different walks of life I will provide you the tools and I think I'm big on transferable skills like you said Mm -hmm. giving them like what tools do they need to survive in this class or even do well in the class that they can use in their lives so that's wonderful is what is the most challenging thing for you in the classroom classroom during like zoom times or anything like that I think that the biggest challenge is to get them to respond. It's real easy to be anonymous on Zoom, Mm -hmm. to not speak up. Uh, No one's looking at you directly, necessarily. You're just a little box on the screen. And so it's real easy to not be engaged in the class. And so for people to have that engaging ability, you know, or that aha moment and to share their experiences, they have to be engaged. And that's where I find it the most challenging. Uh, What do you do usually when you see a student not engaged? Like what kind of tips would you provide your colleagues when it comes to interacting with your students to make sure that everyone is engaged? Well, I like to use, I like to use breakout rooms. And I have found that the more breakout rooms that you use, where they get to know different people in the class mm-hmm. right from the very start, mm-hmm. then they're more likely to talk in the class. Because once they've met everybody in the class in a breakout room and they've talked, then they feel more comfortable. And I've even had one student say, oh, you know, Susie, you remember when we, and then they kind of have it and they're like, oh yeah. And then they kind of have this whole conversation 
you know, going in there. And then other students chime in because they've been in a breakout room with the other one. And then, and it, it's really, then we start, then we have like a real discussion. And then people really get involved and have, you know, their thoughts and ideas. And in psychology, that's really great because that's how it becomes real for me is that they, they like, oh yeah, this happened and oh yeah, that happened. And then they see how it applies to them. So breakout rooms is one. Then sometimes I just call on people. I know they probably don't like that too much, but I, I want to know that they're getting it, that they understand it. Yeah. I, and I also offer, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I offer at the beginning and the end, I always, and, and sometimes in the middle, stop and ask for questions. Do you have questions about this? And I might have a little worksheet or something that I have that they offer suggestions and things just to get them all talking and feeling comfortable with me and with each other. Right. Yeah. And breakup room is really a great thing. I just found out there. <laughs> I don't know. I've never dated and do speed dating before. Okay. It's been 20 years I've been married. So it's like, I don't know how dating works, but there's a new thing happening that I actually started with my team. So it's called speed dating, but it's not really speed dating. It's like breakout room, but you have like two to three minutes to get to know the people uh-huh. in your classroom. So that's something that I mm-hmm. usually do do breakout rooms anyway, but I've never had the the speed dating. So basically how it works is that you give, like like you said, a prompt or a worksheet for them to start talking. So I would definitely mm-hmm. suggest like on the week one, I would put them on breakout room for only two minutes. And it actually works if it's like, a big group because they, you know, you don't get to know each other only within the, the group that you're on a breakout room. Well, the rule for this is like 15 minutes. You get to change partners every two minutes. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I like that. You're right. It's just get to know because you only know and stick to that one person that you, you know. But then if you know everybody, like you said, then you're mm-hmm. more comfortable to engage in the classrooms. So I think that's kind of like a psychology thing. I don't know what it's called, though. I, I have never um, had psychology <laughs> class like that, like where it's not really peer pressure, more like. I already kind of know you, you come from, you know, I don't know, Virginia, and we have something in common, we have kids and things mm-hmm. like that you could relate to. So when the professor asks you questions, now you don't feel like you're an island, nobody knows you, and I don't want to talk, right? Especially the ones that are introverted. So it works in some some instances, especially if it's a, a bigger class. In a smaller class, you would just put them um, longer with, you know, longer activities. So I don't know if you've tried that. I haven't tried the speed one, but I, that sounds interesting. That sounds like that would be fun and kind of break the ice, be a good icebreaker. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything that is what you think is relatable to your own experience with your students when you're talking to them, especially at the very beginning of the week that you meet them, that you could share? What would you like your students to know about something relatable to your own experience? My uh, Growing up, I was very introverted. I hated public speaking. I did not want to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. I was the one that was the anonymous on Zoom. (laughs) And I would be the one that never raised my hand and never participated. I just sat there, listened, took my notes, read, did my, and I was a good student. I just was never wanted to be connected or involved. And I realized I missed out on a lot. Mm. But it's, it's, it's so much easier to learn. It's just so much fun to learn with other people. 
It takes the pressure off. You get to ask questions. You get to make it interesting, not just force-feeding your mind back. And if you have a tendency to be one of those that wants to be ignored on Zoom, just take a step out there because it makes things so much more fun to learn. <laughs> wow, that's a great experience and, and advice for someone who is hate hating zoom you know i'm like i don't want to be that person that talks to 20 people in the class so that's great uh if you could tell your students one thing that would make teaching easier for you what would it be to make it easier on me as the professor would be ask questions it's especially if it's uh on zoom you know we try to write instructions and give examples but it's coming from our knowledge of already knowing the answer. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we may miss something that seems that we don't even think about, but it's important to know and to really ask questions. I don't know anybody that I've ever worked with as an instructor, professor, that minded questions. We want, we're there to help and ask questions. Let us know if you don't understand it. Let us know if you don't get what we mean. Makes sense to us, but that doesn't mean that it makes sense to somebody who's coming from the other side. So my big thing would be ask questions, and that would make everything a lot easier. That's true. I think some students, too, have experience where when they ask questions with their some of their professors, they get to get embarrassed or like, you mean you didn't know that answer or, you know, like that, those kind of communications. And I think they take that baggage to our class when we run differently. So asking questions is definitely a great thing. And sometimes you don't have to ask the questions in the class. You could ask it outside just one-on-one, right? Sure. Sure. Uh, Email, text, or uh, ask to talk to them after class. I do that quite often. If you don't want to ask in front of everybody, I stay after class when everybody goes. And if there's more people, then I'll do a breakout room with them if they don't want anyone else to know. And I talk to them and I come back and, and do all of that. But I really think it's, you know, to ask questions and to communicate, you know, if there's a problem or an issue or whatever. Because I think everything can be handled by asking questions or communicating. I don't think there's a problem you can't solve with those two things. That's true. Coming with a great attitude and not assuming we just want them to fail. You know, like, we just want you right. to fail. No, we're actually graded for you to pass. But, you know, I right. wish they could say that. So if I could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you create? Like, how would you create it? And would you want to only be known with by that project? Well, as a life coach, I really take these same teaching philosophies and I would create a project that would help students of all ages, all demographics, to have confidence in themselves and know that they have what it takes to achieve their dream and their goals. And that if they don't have it, we'll figure out how to get it. We will be, I, you know, to equip them and to know, educate them, whatever is needed to help them discover what their strengths are, uh, then build on those strengths, acknowledge where they might have uh, some areas to work on. But when you focus on your strengths and the weaknesses don't seem quite so bad because you're really doing well in other areas, 
and then you can compensate where things may not be working quite as well. And if I could, excuse me, help people identify who they are, what they want to achieve, and then help them determine what they need to do it and then go on and do that, then that would be a wonderful project that I would definitely be proud of to be known for and knowing that these that people have changed their lives and those of their loved ones forever. And that would be a great project if I could do all that. Yeah. And if you are doing that project, I'm on your boat. <laughs> I will help you <laughs> for sure. All I think right. we just want people to to, you're right. I was just reading an article about like the difference between self-esteem, self-confidence and arrogance. And um, it was an interesting read. You know, they're basically saying self-confidence is being you and being authentic and self-esteem is something like you have a baggage on how you were raised. And then arrogance are people actually don't have self-esteem and they have to overcompensate for the lack of confidence and, and knowing themselves. So that was an interesting read about that. Like, with that, that, yeah, actually. But thinking about your project, I think this would help a lot of people and on all demographics, really, about like believing in themselves that they can do it, you know, despite whatever that's happening in their life. So I definitely will be in your project. Sign me up okay. <laughs> for sure. All right. What makes you feel inspired? Like, is there anything you would like to share in terms of inspiration or what gets you going? Kind of like what you mentioned earlier, when a student come back, comes back and says, I loved your class. I learned so much. Or what other classes do you teach? I'd love to take another class with you. Or not so much that I you know, want to pat on the back, but it just means that my goals work, that I reached them, that they took, they understood it. They, they knew what was the immaterial and it was, they found it valuable. And it, that's inspirational to me that the light bulb came on, they understood, and they want more. And so that, that's what I, that's what inspires me and makes me feel like ah, I did it. You know, I, I reached them. I, I opened that door and they came through. Wow. That's actually pretty amazing. I think we all want that as teachers, right? So right. like, hey, you're right. It's not necessarily a pat in the back, but more like our life goal is to give back. And however, we give back through teaching. And when someone tells you you changed the way they thought about things, it is kind of like an accomplishment, like a little mini celebration in my head. Like, yes, I did something. Yeah. That's right. True. Is there anything else that you would like to add to our listeners at Level Up? to inspire them and get them going, you know, for the day, for the year, for the month? Professor instructor side, I would just say, just realize that we all have that story. We all have different struggles that may be big to some people and not big to others, but to that person, it's their struggle. And in their minds, it might be difficult for them to navigate and, and to recognize these areas and then offer to help them and offer to assist them to learn in spite of these setbacks and doubts in themselves and just be an encourager to people that need it. Even when they, I mean, everybody likes encouragement even if they don't need it. It's just, it's that, it is that little spark like, oh, wow, you know, great. I, I did, and I'm a straight A student, but they said I did a good job. I like that. I mean, it's just like, hey, I'm on the right track. And then to let them know that someone believes in them and that they're willing to help them attain their goals. 
And then as for students, I would say, you know, communicate with us, talk to us, ask questions. Like I said, everyone I've ever worked with truly has a heart to help. And, but we don't know unless you ask us, unless you tell us and just communicate with us and know that we're on your side. We're not there just to slap a grade on something. Mm -hmm. We truly want to help you. We want to give back. And all we need is for you to let us. Yeah. Communication is definitely a, a big thing. That was my major in my undergrad is communications, but more like journalism. Yeah. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being here today. You could be spending it somewhere else. So I appreciate your time. Oh, well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you want to be a guest on my podcast or have questions, email me at leveluppbydocleland at gmail.com. Docleland spells D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. I will see you soon in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time. Mm-hmm.